when we look at the distinctive patterns of culture, we can see that the socialization process um, is ever evolving. Um, it is dependent on the locality, it is dependent on the population, it is dependent on the ecology of the community, the geography of the world around us. And so as the world changes, so do we, so does society. Um, before 9-11, we lived in one sense of peace and understanding. And post 9-11, there are so many things that have impacted us, whether it's the way you go through an airport, um, just flying in general, um, having passports. Uh, for us, I work with an adoption agency and getting things like birth certificates are such a mini step process. Families wanting to adopt internationally and now where before their paperwork could get processed within weeks to start their process for their home study, it may take months and having to tell that to families. And we have specific rules of what we have to follow to be able to accomplish that. You know, and so as we have um, seen the changes in the world, we've seen how it's impacted us. Uh, we had a family that adopted a child from Kazakhstan and they, we were to do post-placement supervisory visits for this family um, every six months for three years. And when I went out to fulfill the contract and to meet with them um, and set up like the next visit when we were done, they said, oh, their policy has changed. A child was brought into the United States and was adopted and no one followed up and supervised the child. And she was brought in and was used for in sexual exploited ways. And she was molested and she was videotaped and she was used within child pornography. And she finally escaped that lifestyle and went to Congress and said, you need to have tougher restrictions. And since she came from one of of those countries in that specific area, they had modified their expectation to where that family will need to receive a post-supervisory visit every year until the child's 18 years old. So there's a report going to that country that that child is safe. Um, and so we see as the world evolves, as technology evolves, the impact that it can have on us within our society. Um, students now, you know, maybe 30 years ago would not have traveled overseas, would have realized that, you know, when they went overseas like missionaries 50, 100 years ago, would go overseas and they would take all of their belongings in a coffin because they knew that they were going to that country to stay and to serve. Where I was at a meeting last night and they were talking about a couple as they go overseas, they will receive a letter every two to three year, every two to three months, I'm sorry, and that they wouldn't have any kind of internet connectiveness. And I was watching the young people that were there going, what? Because we're in a society right now that you've got the internet on your phone, that you're able to sit and text, that you can Skype. Um, you, you are connected so well all the time. Um, when we see the changes in climate, um, the changes in the social structure of environments, again, like New York City, after the changes that came um, from the fallout of 9-11, we now have people 10 years down the road that are struggling and having significant health issues um, that is related to that environment, but now they're trying to see um, how connected it is because this is a brand new phenomenon. And so we're doing a lot of research to understand it better and to meet the needs of those people that were involved in that. We're so thankful for those people that risk their lives to save others, but then we also see down the road how people are not as emotionally invested in that process. When we look at the changes in society, if you go from one area that was very limited in population and then it's developed, you will see the changes that have taken place in that community and on that culture. Um, in my city, 
Uh, I have families that um, reap the benefits of living in a densely populated area. There's more, there are higher taxes and more taxes are paid. And so their child may qualify for services. They may be able to get free counseling or educational supports. They may um, get some housing supports that come, you know, because of the environment looking at their level of poverty. But then they want to move out to the county because they want a safer place for their child. And I'll caution them, check into what resources are there. Oh, they're the same everywhere. And then they get out into the county, less populated, less of a, a lower level of taxation and then their child may no longer qualify for services that they qualified for in the city. And so it's always my role as a social worker to help them understand moving from one area to the other may be better for you and for your marriage or it may make it more difficult. Um, if you're leaving a support system that you understand and that you thrive in and you're moving somewhere else, you may not have that support system and you may struggle. Um, when we looked at placing a child that was medically fragile with an adoptive family, we had to work through the hospital and they had to say, well, if this child is going to need this level of treatment and this kind of treatment, there are six centers throughout the East Coast that you can find a family. If you can find a family in one of those six centers, that's where we would want you to place the child because the child's medical needs could be met. You know, so I have one family that's like, we'll move. Well, we're like, no, we don't want you to place this child with you. And you move to live by there because you're leaving one set of supports to move toward another set of supports or another set of resources. So we really had to evaluate the different families that were available to find the one that best met the need of that child because locality and environment are so very important. When we're looking at the faces of social change, we realize that it can be things like terrorist we will potentially, someone may develop bias or prejudiced opinions because someone's from a different country or a different culture, or they don't understand it. Um, to uh, behave in a prejudiced manner because we feel like that group is out to hurt us is quite frightening to me. Um, there are people that are looking for structure and safety by very controlled environments. And so, you know, we will um, try to do social research on the community and how it's changed. As a community moves out, as they move from the inner city and they come and live in suburban areas, they will find, um, again, more freedom and more safety. But then we may see the more urban or inner city areas falling apart and aren't safe. Um, it's so important, like in our community, we're doing a lot of work to restore our inner city and make a lot of venues available to people so that um, they have those resources that they need and then we market it in a way that they can find and feel successful for what resources that they have and how they handle it. Um, social change is an aspect of every part of our lives. Um, as the political norms change, those environments change. Um, at times when children go into corrections, they're in what's called learning centers and we're there to counsel them and teach them and help them make changes to re-socialize them. And then at times that they're just treated as if they're in boot camps and they're in lockup and it's very punitive. So the political views of an area can very much enhance or um, tear down the resources and availability. Um, a few years ago when we were working with um, a birth father overseas and he was a student from Nepal living in China um, and we said you need to get this paperwork signed and he says I'll gladly do it and he went to the consulate and they're like you're not Chinese we're not going to help you because they saw them as being lower or less in respect 
And we're like, well, then let us help you. And he's kind of like, do you know how big China is? We're like, oh, we didn't stop to think how hard it might be for him to get the paperwork signed and to be able to work through the process with us. Um, just the face of the culture, the face of the community, um, it can impact in so many various ways. I look at students coming here to our university that inter are international, and they may not be used to loud, rambunctious people. They may not be used to um, crowds, and so it overwhelms them. Um, they may not be used to an environment where they can approach a professor and talk through their issues with a professor. Um, and so they'll struggle in this environment, and we have to find ways to engage them and support them. And the university does a lot to pull them in and help find mentors and find people in the community. One of my good friends was a daughter that was raised by a missionary family in Ethiopia. And so for years, she would open her home to Ethiopian students, feed them food, and talk to them. And she learned more and more about the developments within her country of origin, but she also then helped them acclimate and learned the the culture and the traditions and the mindsets um, of being in America right now. Not losing their sense of community that they came from, but understanding um, how people will engage and interact differently. So it's important as we look at um, political changes in our world, political changes in our community, right now the economical changes, um, something as simple as listening on the news right now, certain banks will not allow you to have a free checking account unless you've got $15,000 sitting in their bank. Um, and so if you don't have that, then they're going to charge you $20 a month to keep your money there. And I can think of clients that I know that will pull their money out of the bank right away and keep it at home. No one's going to touch my money. And then they'll have it under the mattress in their bed and their family members and extended family members will know that and then it'll get stolen. And so they don't want the bank to steal their $20 a month from them, but then, you know, their $1,000 will get stolen because someone knows that they've made a change based upon the change of economy or society. Um, so we are in a position right now in the world that so many things are changing. Our ability to travel, um, our financial security, um, our job security, um, our ability to retire and live a life that we can feel comfortable with. Those things change so much. We have to be prepared for them. And I think that our education um, helps enhance our ability to understand and manage, but also just seeing even the climate now coming out of conservative venues with living debt-free, you know, pay as you go, um, taking the time to really research and um, invest the best. You know, being able to, some families moving back in together so that they can share their finances. We will see society continue to involve, evolve, and we will have to be involved in that process so that we can um, provide the best for our families, um, but also be available um, to be self-sufficient, um, not living off of the world and society. You know, my client base oftentimes will live off of the government funding, but we're going to find that that is going to become more and more difficult. And we're going to see more and more people needing welfare or needing resources. And the whole like, dynamic of welfare is that you meet a need basically for a short period of time, not make a lifestyle off of it, but be able to um, live off of it for a year or two until you get stabilized, everything's in order, and then transition into successfully rejoining the workforce. So as we see social change, it is um, by who is in power. It is um, the control is based upon the community that you live in, the values that are shared, um, the choices that you make, and how you choose to walk on that journey of your life in making good decisions, being a good role model, investing in others, um, and taking advantage of the supports and the resources that you have.